I missed all of it. You missed all of it? Yeah, I just started recording. You m- <laughs> I'll play that intro music. <laughs> want, want, want to drop it? Cause that those first those first uh, where are we at? We're at like fucking uh, nine minutes, nine nine and a half minutes. They were pretty golden. You know I what? Suck. I fucking quit this podcast, man. <laughs> no, don't walk out now, Kurt. Wait, I'll I'll do it better this time. I'll be episode, better. I swear I'll be better. Episode four. And the motherfucker didn't record the first nine and a half minutes of pure gold. What are you talking about? We're starting right now. Hey, welcome to the Ouroboros Hour. My name is Kurt. Curtis to people that don't know me. So if you don't know me and you walk up to me and you're like, hey, I heard your podcast and I thought it was awesome. uh, Do not call me Kurt because I will rage at you. It will be... It'll be rage time. Oh, and that rage has been building up for a while. It's fucking Curtis. How many times have I got to fucking introduce myself as Curtis? And then immediately, you people just switch right over to Curtis. Yeah, have a little respect. You see this man in public, you call him fucking Curtis. <laughs> how do you do fucking Curtis? <laughs> That's right. God damn it. That's not how I usually address you, but that's because we're friends. You know, yeah, that's right. For fucking fucking years. Fucking Kurt. Fucking Curtis. That's actually, that's how you address me when you're talking to other people about me. You're like, fucking Kurt. Right. Kurt has done it again. Fucking Kurt. Fucking Kurt. Blowing up the on my rugs with, with another bomb-ass podcast. <laughs> That's right. This is one where I'm not going to say, um. That kind of rhymes. But This yeah. is the one where you're going to be all poetical and shit. That's right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, made it pretty far that time. <laughs> it took me one second. <laughs> <laughs> One fucking second. Oh, play the fish song again. People didn't hear the fish song the first time. This is a fish song with an F. I feel like I should clarify. <laughs> it is not by Noodly Fish PH. It's, it's not run like an antelope. Oh, man. I don't know if I can remember it. Really? Fish, fish, fish. I like fish. I got some fish in a tank at the fish store. Fish, fish, fish. My cat likes fish. He took the fish from the tank and left it on the floor. Fish, fish, fish They don't like floors Ah, the fish song sucks this time It was better the first time, man It was should've, way better the first time Should've hit record Solid gold 
Ah, uh, the greatest song in podcast <laughs> history. Well, unrecorded. Couldn't remember the greatest song in the world. Or, or, or. The best bands won't make it on the radio. You'll never even hear a show. Never His vocal cords are made of gold. Right. Just looked a little too old. Yeah. <laughs> we we have the rights for that for sure. Yeah. Cause I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, you wrote the fish song. Uh but you didn't write the song about the the best band never made it on the radio. What's the name of that song? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, we're allowed to to say lyrics to, to songs we don't have the rights to, right? I have no we, idea what the rules are. Wait, I'm pretty sure you can say it. You can say it. And it's called The Unforgiven. Oh, you're just not allowed to sing it. Probably you can just say it. Are you allowed to sing alternate lyrics? I'm pretty sure song. Yeah, man. Weird Al Yankovic did that shit. You don't think you got permission? I have no idea. No, I'm going to go. We are both unqualified to have this discussion. Yeah, we are not here to talk about the uh, intricacies of uh, copyright law. No. We are here to talk about podcasts. Podcasts. That's right. So and let's. You don't need to be a journalist to talk about podcasts. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be, actually. If you're a journalist and you're talking about podcasts. If you're a journalist doing podcasts. Well, I mean, that's a different story. Yeah. If you're two journalists doing a podcast and you feel the need to, like, state your resume at the beginning of every episode. Hi, this is Mr. Journalist person that you know really well. And, and hi, this is Miss Journalism person. And I write for like so many things. <laughs> I write for Buzzfeed. I just, I write for like too many things to list right now. You would be bored if I told you all the things I write for. Freelancing at 50 cents a word. Hey, that doesn't sound bad to me. Actually, yeah. I just write really long treatises on ridiculous things. I have no idea. Oh, uh, we know about your blargan. Blargan? Yeah. What's a blargan? You're... It's a good deal on some some... <laughs> <laughs> bullshit artist. <laughs> Some bullshitting. Uh, it's blargan. It's blah, blah, blah. It's a really, but it's free. Free to listen to your blah, blah, blargan. <laughs> blargan. I like that. Right off. It's in the episode zero blurb. That's how I described your Marxist rhetoric. Oh, fuck blargan. yeah. We should, we should get into that, man. Private prisons. Oh, fuck, fuck those motherfuckers. Terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Read Hocus Pocus. That's a great story about privatized prison system. It's a very 
narrow picture of one, but fabulous. Hold on, let's swing this back a little bit. Hocus Pocus? Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, He's well, a, I'm not one I'm familiar with. It's a later one. Okay. It's, uh, I think from the early 90s. Yeah. Um, I think maybe one of maybe his last novel. Uh, but the narrator ends up in prison that is uh, built around a university that he used to teach at. Uh, that is now imprisoned for political reasons. Hmm. I just uh, I was working my way back through. Uh, Welcome to the Monkey House, the collection of short stories by him. Yeah. Recently. Uh, first of all, they're, they're pretty great. Um, they don't necessarily hold up really well. But I will say. What? He has a short story in there. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go Which ahead. One? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up because I forget the title <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, but it's about a woman who every... Uh, every day at noon, she comes out of her out of her apartment on Main Street, and she makes a big show of petting her cat and just being generally sexy. And the the story is written uh, about a veteran who's come back from probably World War Two, and. A veteran he, and a Vonnegut he, story? This is a Vonnegut story. He gets a really pissed off at her. Vonnegut? He gets really pissed off at this woman. Uh, they're in like a soda shop or whatever they had back then. And he tells her off, essentially, in the uh, soda store. And it's actually comes across when you're first starting to read it it comes across as like, ooh, this is probably not very appropriate and problematic for its time. Uh, but what you get out of it is a very modern take on how women are who they are and men don't have a right to assert their own sexual frustrations on women. Uh, it actually turns out to be very much uh, prescient for the time. Very good story. Okay. I have no memory of that one. I haven't read Welcome to the Monkey House in more than a decade or two, maybe. That was the first thing that I read from them. From oh, them. yeah? <laughs> Him. It was, yeah, it was, that, it was Slaughterhouse okay. Five for me, Bookshelf. the first one. Growing up. Cat's Cradle was the first novel for me. Really? Cat's Cradle was the first novel? Yeah, love that mm. one. And then Sirens of Titan, and then everything else just been just on Vonnegut. Vonnegut was amazing, really, really amazing. You did all the novels. I did not do all the novels. I definitely was influenced heavily. So I will say, I my first like very long uh, book that I read was a fantasy series called uh, the Dragonlance Chronicles. And it's a fantasy, you know, story. Uh, and then at some point, Shocked. 
very closely. Yeah, you wouldn't guess that if you knew me. <laughs> very closely after that, I read Breakfast of Champions by Vonnegut. Uh, yeah. And that novel changed my whole idea about what reading was about. Yeah. I think a a, lo- there's another dimension to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. There's a there's actually a drawing of a butthole in that novel, yep. uh, which is fantastic. Let's see. Kind of takes the place of his signature after a while, right? Yeah, a little drawing bit. The butthole is just the, that star. Yep. That. <clears throat> I'm just looking through the uh, the short stories that are in Welcome to the Monkey House, and I'm trying to find the name of the particular short story that I'm referring to. Miss Temptation. How about the one about the not a TV? What is it? The Euphoria device? The Euphoria ball? They turn it on and just go goo goo. Uh, is that in Welcome to the Monkey House? Yeah. So, so, welcome to the Monkey House is a collection of short stories by Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, the one, the story that I'm referring to is Miss Temptation. Uh, there's also All the King's Horses, which is one that sticks in my mind. Uh, that's the one where it's like a captain and he's he's captured, his plane crashes, and he's captured by some dictator and forced to play chess for mm-hmm. human lives. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And his his two sons and his wife are involved. Let's see. Uh, there's also... Kafkaesque. So there's a bunch of good short stories in here. For sure. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't read Kurt Vonnegut, I'm not <laughs> sure what to say to you. You probably should go back. Turn off this podcast right now. And go and listen to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go listen to the Kurt Vonnegut podcast, <laughs> which is hosted by. Wait, this is real? No, of course not. Well, then we we just, we could start one. It's hosted could. by Curtis and Adam. We'll call it the, Vonnegut the podcast Vonnegut Hour. That Cre- is a perfect name. Creative, Very original. Creatively named. Hey, it's right to the point. Right. It really, it's going to need to be like the Vonnegut several hours. Oh, several hours. Tom Edison's Shaggy Dog is in that collection. That's a good story. Let's see. Yeah, uh, fantastic. And if you're coming, if you're if you're looking for a point of reference by which to navigate our sophisticated and well-developed humor you 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 might want to start with reading some reading reading anything read hocus pocus you know what i i must that editable that i ate must be working because i within how many minutes did you say that you weren't familiar with hocus pocus and then i was like you read all the vonnegut's (laughs) <laughs> I let that one slide, but edible marijuana edibles may cause short-term memory loss. They, they might, it all depends. 
I haven't seen any direct evidence myself. Yeah, it also depends on how closely you're listening to the person that's talking. You know, that has, uh, that has something I'm to do with it. I'm barely listening. I hear you. Why would you? I'm just obsessing over this dulcimer. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome uh, little piece of equipment Isn't it beautiful? There. It's really cool. Shout out to, to Charlotte. Who Charlotte gave me this this beautiful dulcimer and a single-breasted one or single-bellied. This has the two curves and the other one just has one. Um, I've just been nerding out to this thing for out, about five thirty. My folks left, and all I did was doodle around, diddle or noodle around. Jesus Christ! Ate I ate edibles, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you doodled on, your noodle. I'm a dulcimer. Right on. I oodled, I noodled, I doodled, <laughs> and I diddled. I diddled its strings until one snapped in my fingers. Oh, no. Played till my fingers bled. Got my first dulcimer at the five and dab. <laughs> Was the summer of 76. <laughs> So, fish, fish, fish. It's a beautiful instrument, and you play it very well. And actually, I kind of like having the instrument as part of the podcast. Yep. Okay. I will say, audio, audio-wise, it sounded like you just smashed that thing against the wall instead of putting <laughs> it down gently. I said I did set it down gently. Oh. From from my end, it was a little bit like you did a, you know. It's so hard not to say, uh. <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. But it, it sounded like you you did a spinal tap move on there. Although <laughs> they don't smash their instruments on spinal tap, do they? There, there might be something. There's a scene where an amp gets smashed, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Right? Because they're just rocking out? I don't know. The amp's malfunctioning. Uh, oh shit! We should do a, a, that? a podcast that's just dedicated to Spinal Tap. We'll just do every episode. <laughs> it's endless. You could talk about it endlessly. Each episode, we'll talk about one scene. It'll be called "But It Goes to 11. All right, in this episode of "But It Goes to 11, we're going to talk about the opening credit sequence. <laughs> Yes. Fast forward two and a half hours later. <laughs> but the font choice, you can see how it has that, that little bit of a shadow, you know, and that's the kind of subtlety that you get when you're making a masterpiece. I'm going to say best opening credits of all time. Monty Python's Quest for a Holy Grail. Oh, that's some good credits. Those credits are fantastic. I rewatched that. Uh, pretty recently and the credits are just they were making me laugh so hard knowing what was coming oh, I'm gonna see it again yeah you know about the sacking and all that stuff very very funny hey uh, breaking news Monty Python's breaking news. Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail funny oh there you have it 
The report is in. That's right. I'm taking a stance. Some taking a stance sound on this effects one. for that. Like a kazoo or like a whistle, a slide whistle. Like real dramatic breaking news sound effects. Well, get on it. You're our audio right, You guy. know what? Um, I gotta say, I was subjected to some news today because I was at the gym and I forgot to bring my headphones. Uh, so I, I could not listen to my device. And they have like six or eight TVs with all the different networks on. And they have, <laughs> they've got ABC, Fox News Channel, air quotes. Uh, Big news. <laughs> uh, all the other networks and E, which is always, every single time I've been there, it has the Kardashians on it. Yeah, that's the Kardashian channel. Is that, That's all they do now, apparently. In the morning, anyway, that's all it's they do. It's mind-blowing that people care. But anyway, go on. The only one of these TVs that had subtitles on, closed captioning on, was Fox fucking News. I don't know why, but uh, I elected to also leave my glasses. So uh, I didn't have to get frustrated with whatever it was saying. But at one point... There was the same Trump speech on four TVs across the whole place. Just each be one great, slightly folks. out of sync. It was horrifying. going to be great. going to build a wall. going to drain the swamp, folks. It's a witch hunt. Right. Ugh. Pretty strong Trump impression, wouldn't you say? Pretty good. That I've was... been working on it. Gonna oh, be I, great, thought play- I thought you were playing a sound clip. That was you? <laughs> you just did that live? I have a lot of talents on the microphone, I will say. You should hear me bust around. You do, man. Hey, are we going to talk about some podcasts or what? Sure. Yeah, I got a couple on, yeah. on tap that I could talk about. I uh, I just listened to a the beginning. I haven't finished the episode, but the beginning of a very, very bad Wizards episode, which we've mentioned on previous podcasts. And I wanted to yeah. I wanted to actually run this by you because I think it's an interesting topic. They were talking now, about these. Sorry. Hold on, let me make sure I got the right podcast. These yep. are two philosophy dudes. No, incorrect. No. Incorrect. Ah! Who the who the fuck are very bad wizards? Swing it back. One of them is a social psychologist, and the other one is a philosopher. So okay. So maybe I was thinking of that podcast. You were misremembering. You just okay. assumed that All they right. were both philosophers, which is incorrect. One of them is a scientist, and the other one is a philosopher. But <clears throat> they're very connected. They they are, and and actually their fields overlap big time. But they were talking about how there's a new academic journal that's uh, being being introduced that is essentially for controversial ideas, right? So the the gist of this is essentially that academics can use this particular journal, academic journal, to write papers about 
quote unquote controversial ideas. And controversial ideas, like ideas that some science disproves, like that ideas that failed their peer reviews. Okay, great. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yes, essentially, the the idea would be this would be a peer reviewed journal for ideas that might not necessarily be printable in a more mainstream academic journal. And part of it, because they don't have the research behind them. They're like, no, because the, why wouldn't you be able to print it in it? Because the climate on college campuses now is such that some topics are taboo and are not oh boy are not acceptable to be discussed now very bad wizards actually did a really good episode on iq pretty recently it was like a a fan request a patreon request episode and the point uh is that it's got a lot of landmines to talk about because there is very clear uh data about the ethnicity and IQ relationship. So it's, it's really tough to talk about. Yeah. Uh, the bell curve was a, a book, uh, audio book that I listened to on that subject. Pretty about... sure it was only released in audio form. <laughs> was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that edible was strong <laughs> I am gullible so it's a, it's a tricky subject because you know it, it's it's racially charged and they talk about the biases that testing has and the language bias right cultural bias of how the, the questions are concocted yep uh they're culturally and bias and difficult for people who have English as a second language. Right. So essentially the bell curve, I believe I have it pulled up on Wikipedia, but I'm not going to pretend to know anything about it just because of that. But the idea is that there are clear separations between intelligence quota scores and ethnicity i have an issue with that i'm not sure that like you know creating these tests as a as a some sort of reference to codify intelligence is is a particularly you know meaningful or even culture or even appropriate way to measure people's intelligence right right no much better judgment would be you say start a podcast and talk to your friend for an hour and let's see how fucking smart you sound (laughs) man it's so easy to sound dumb on a podcast i realized that (laughs) in editing my first episode or the episode that i first edited and it's an interesting experience right having to listen back to everything you say that's why we need an intern yeah to edit so you if do. you'd like to be our intern uh, and edit the show for us, then you can uh, 
send your resume to the Hour at gmail.com. This podcast is currently experiencing a high level of technical difficulties, but your listening is very important to us. Please hold for the next available microphone. We're back, and I want to talk about this podcast that you had me listen yeah, to. Yeah, fire it up. <clears throat> All right, so last time we talked, you recommended you're wrong about ellipsis. And, uh, <laughs> yes. That The title, okay. I, they pick good subjects. They're both very smart. Sarah Marshall is, is very thorough. It seems pretty thorough. Uh but a couple of things fucking irked me about this podcast. Okay, wait. Before the, before we talk the about premise, the premise. Okay, go ahead. Before we talk about things that irk you, was there anything good that you liked about it? Besides Sarah Marshall being somewhat smart. She's actually both very somewhat smart. smart. Yeah, I get that. I But I don't need a resume... At the beginning of every podcast. Ah, okay. Okay. This this irked me. All right, right on. Sarah, uh, right know. into the irking. I right. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an ep uh, fucking podcast that I wanted to slam dance on. Okay. Slam dance. Yeah. Hey, uh, for all you listeners, we got a new segment. It's called the Slam Dance. New segment, Slam Dance, where I mosh on it. Right on. All right, let's fucking slam dance on some fucking you were right about that, or you were wrong about it, or whatever. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Here's something you're wrong about, Michael Hobbs. <laughs> you're wrong about it being commonsensical for pornography to naturally lead to snuff films, which is... Almost a direct quote, paraphrasing a little bit, but he was very surprised that there's no actual evidence for it because he just thought it was commonsensical. Since pornography exists, why not people getting killed on camera for money? Yeah. Um, oh, so I'm gonna landed that one like a dud. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna disagree with you. I think you think it is commonsensical. No, first I took all, offense to that term. Yeah, first of all, I object to the word commonsensical. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the dictionary, but if it is, I'm gonna <laughs> slap a motherfucker. Second of all, the the point that he's trying to make there is that given the films of the time. And given the pornography that was being made of the time, um, he thought that it would make sense for exploitative uh, movies to go to the next level beyond porn. So, right? So, we see hardcore porn. Maybe the next step is hardcore violence of a real kind. Now... Uh but death 
I mean, a snuff film is not just real violence captured on tape. It's death. Is that the next step after sex? Absolutely not. Well, hold on. Let me let me dial this back just a little bit. Sex, then death, then flies. No. So, that's everything. <laughs> so let's 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 try to contextualize the conversation in in terms of that particular episode. Right? So they were talking about exploitative uh, films of the 70s and how that was actually becoming a viable genre of making money in film. Right? Pe- people of less than uh, socially acceptable means. No. What am I trying to say? They were making they were making money by 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 socially subversive means. Uh, i.e. the mafia. They funded a hardcore pornography movie that made a shit ton of money and became a cultural icon, right? They were t- they mentioned they mentioned Deep Throat specifically, right? So the idea, I think, in 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 their in in the discussion of the podcast that we're talking about, was that what's the next step? Well, we do see. There's examples of uh, violence being portrayed on animals in film. There's violence being portrayed against women in film. There's violence being portrayed against uh, our, our, you know, all every every other aspect of 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 society, right? So the the leap. From and I, it's also important to point out that the whole the the one of the main points that they maintain throughout the podcast is that there is no snuff film. There is there is no snuff film that we know of, right? There's no footage of people getting murdered on camera for money by other people who are doing the murdering for money in a mass marketed situation. Right. So the I also am I would guarantee you uh that it does exist. But their point It qualifies, sort of. Right. Okay, so, hold on. No, no. I'm, no, I'm certain that that, I'm certain that that's not where they were going with that particular discussion. Um, but, and there's a big difference between ISIS beheading videos where people die versus a horror movie where people are actually murdered on screen, 
right? Do do can is that can we draw a line there? Do you agree with that particular differentiation? Uh, you're gonna have to say it one more time. My I computer glitched out, and I stopped recording for a second. So there is certainly a difference between uh, ISIS beheading video and a horror film in which the people are actually being murdered on the film. Yeah, but so that's not a snuff film either, is it? This this is we're not talking about a studio produces a movie with a script. We are but talking they about actually that. kill an actress, an it, actor. We are talking about that. That is the idea of a snuff film. Like a real snuff film. That that's the point that they're making. Is that there's there's a big difference between the beheading of Michael Pearl, I think I'm getting that name right, and a horror movie produced where the victims of the killing were actually being murdered. I didn't get that idea that a snuff film had a plot. I'd never pictured a, a whole studio production. You've you need never like pictured... a crew to yeah. do all that. You got everybody on set. You do need a crew in on the gra- the gag. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is yeah. in in on the production of a murder movie in which someone is being murdered. That is a true snuff film versus uh, the Sounds ridiculous to me. Why? You don't, do you not think that that exists somewhere? I thought we just said, I don't think, I don't think that the, the people who carry out murder conspiracies have the technical skills to put a film together. So, uh, there, there was a, there was a a pair of guys in a Soviet bloc country that murdered people and filmed it and went to jail because they murdered people and filmed it and had okay. and, and put the that film out somewhere. And that film is a snuff film. No. <laughs> no, that's not a snuff film. So okay. I, I'm wrong about what a snuff film is. So what is that then? That is just violence being recorded on film, which is different from a snuff film in the sense that it is, it's there, there has to be a budget and a filmmaker and a director and, and yeah, probably even a script like a snuff film by their definition, and and I'll actually agree with their definition. I'll say that I agree with this. It has to be basically a horror movie where people are actually getting murdered. Let's put it that way. So take Halloween, except the deaths in Halloween are 100% real and the people are getting killed. That's a snuff film. The footage of people getting killed let's say by a train or if you go on live leak you can watch videos of people getting stabbed to death if you want to uh on closed circuit television 
Right, but that's captured unintentionally. I get that with the, the intention of filming it. And I heard Sarah bring up this idea of an actress being paid to be in the film and then being killed. None of that to me implies that there, there has to be a script. All right, well, let me ask about how you're differentiating with the script from the beheading. There was a script involved in that. Yeah, they read from a piece of paper. They read from a piece of paper, a script. So why is it not then? So it just disqualifies you on that factor. Is there a set? I think there there might even be a set. You can call an ISIS flag in the background a set. It's definitely a set. So let's take out let's 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 talk about uh financial compensation. Um the person that is murdered in the ISIS video receives no financial compensation for the for their uh being in that movie. The person in a snuff film on the other hand does receive financial compensation they just don't have time to cash the check right so do they really receive it i mean maybe the money goes to their family i don't know but i would say I, I would say there's a, well, all right. So I would definitely say there's a very strong and anybody listening to this might be like screaming into the, into their head. Like you're missing this point or that point. But I would say that there is a strong difference between a horror movie and a ISIS beheading video. Yes, there is. There's a, and I'm, and I'm saying that there's got, there's no way Nobody ever tried to market real death in a horror movie. Right. But let's say that you did. Then that would be a snuff film. And I'm saying that's a ridiculous premise <laughs> that only, only somebody who was, was dying to get caught would do that. Who is this? I mean, directors are known to be fucking crazy. Hey, did you see Shadow of the Vampire? No. Uh, it's a great uh, alternative reality on the filming of Nosferatu. With, with If the actor was actually a vampire who didn't require any makeup, Willem Dafoe plays the character, uh, whoever he is, um, who they <laughs> they find in Romania while trying to cast this movie and the, uh, the cast and crew are disappearing one at a time because the lead actor is actually the vampire Nosferatu. Okay. Very fun. You should see it. All right. Right on. And, uh, so yeah, that would have, if that story were true, it would make Nosferatu an actual snuff film. Um, but the director didn't know that he was making a snuff film. Because he didn't realize uh, until it was too late that his lead actress was actually being bitten. Or maybe he did. I don't know. I haven't seen it in years. So, 
I think I think that we're missing something here. Um, we should ask Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Hey, Willem he Dafoe. seems like a smart guy. Reach out to theoroborosour at gmail.com and let us know your experiences on Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, but... Alright, so you feel like a stuff film is any movie in which a real person dies. A real person is really murdered. When there's or or killed. If there's a a camera trained on someone and the operator of the camera knows that person is about to die and intentionally captures their intentional death, their murder on film, then I'm saying that's a stuff film. Okay. Well, we solved it. We cracked the case. <laughs> no. Um, so there you go. Sarah Marshall, Michael Hobbs, you're wrong about snuff films. 